0: This off the hosel podcast is now driven by Delore Nissan Regina.
1: Nissan.
0: And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher strikes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hazel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Alrighty, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off The Huzzle, a top podcast in Canada and a go-to pod to put on. My name is Drew Koester, and I'm your host and we got the full crew here today in the pit and I'm joined by my brother and co-host first, Troy Koester. Hey! And as well, we do have our third member of our team, Daniel H. Hagel. Pick a machine. Hagel, what's going on?
2: Boys, what's going on? Oh, whole
0: team is back here. Been a while. But- been a while. It has been a while. But before happy we new get year. started, before we get started here, happy new year. We said that last week. Yeah, but happy. Happy New Year to Daniel. <laughs> All right. New before we get started here, we'd like to uh, obviously mention this this is a Nissan driven podcast. They are the place to go when you are in need of a v- new vehicle. They have great service, unreal service, and g- real good people, quality vehicles. You can head on down to 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan, or check them out on social media at Nissan Regina, Instagram
3: slash Facebook. Boom! Also, today's podcast is proudly brought to you by one of our newest sponsors, Birch Supply Company. It's a Canadian clothing brand based out of Saskatchewan. The company was founded by two lifelong friends who represent their passion for style. The outdoors and good times through all of their clothing. Birch Supply Company strives to be involved in the community and bring you quality Canadian-made products. You can check out their current lineup and get down, get the lowdown on new arrivals through their Instagram page at Birch Supply.
0: That was deadly, Troy. Struggled a little bit. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's top episode 54, and please let everyone know where
2: we are today.
3: Daniel, where are we?
2: We are at Divots in Norgal.
3: Located 6823 Rochdale Boulevard in Regina, Sask. 306-206-1270. www.divotsgolf.com.
2: Play at Divots.
0: Don't make up. Love it. There it is, boys. Okay. Right into it now, open floor. Uh, it's been a while since we've chatted, as Troy mentioned. So, fellas, what's going on here? And we'll go to Dan first.
2: Oh, I'm up first. Hey? um, Not a lot, you know, just kind of chilling out here the last uh, few weeks since the last time I saw you guys. So pretty happy to be back in Divots, though. It's, uh, I miss this place.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's always clean. It's always lush. It's always green. And it's never windy inside here. So, And the
3: service is great.
2: Yeah, exactly. There you go,
0: yeah. Hey okay, Troy, what's, uh, what's going on with you?
3: Uh, days off, so enjoyed some golf. I actually got to play with you this morning. Th- yep. Thanks for finishing the last three holes for me. You bet. Made my driving distance longer. Golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've been doing a lot of 2K21 golf. I think actually what we need to do, Drew, and I was thinking about this last night, we should start an off-the-hossle society. I'm so down. And any of our listeners that want to join, you know, we, we can do
0: well, Yeah, before you go on there, I, I, we always put those posts up. Who wants to play? Who's, everyone's at, like, oh, I'll win, I'll win. Yes, 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 I'll play. Where are you at? So let's do it. Are Where's we, some handles? Should Send we start, him start one up? Absolutely, i mean, in. Hey, do the, you have to buy the game.
2: i got to buy the game. I'll buy the game.
3: It's easy. you just got to go up-down. Eh? It's not real-life golf. Yeah, like if it was down. real- Yeah,
2: it's not like we I might be a little bit decent at, at it compared to real-life golf. But
0: so. we still diesel beers and uh, drinks in the pod. absolutely. Oh, and the know.
3: one rule that uh, I was- Introduced to this past week on days off playing 2K21. Exciting life I live, hey? Five days (laughs) off and I played Xbox. That's all right. Anyways. I enjoy it. Hole in one. And if you're on the Zoom call or the in-house party app or God knows what other apps there are, you have to deliver a bottle or a box within 48 hours to the person's house. And thank God last night after my round, I went to sleep and Junior here... (laughs) <laughs> kind of was in one.
0: Oh yeah, I was in one last night. Uh, free. Didn't
3: even realize he had a hole in one until one of the listeners. I don't know if we can say his name or not. So, no, no. Uh, ah, yeah, we can. Rhodesy. Yeah, Rhodesy. Hey, well, there's a free shot for Rhodesy. Got all excited and uh, drew. I owe you a bottle. So
0: yeah, I was oh, wow. pretty pumped. I, I I was coherent enough to know that I hit a hole in one. I just didn't like celebrate because I was like, oh whatever. But then I realized, like, oh wait, I did a free bottle of booze now. So uh, thanks to Rhodes, uh, always a pleasure. And that that golf chap chat that we're in. I mean, great guys. we got an American in there now. <laughs>
3: oh, say can you see. What a national anthem. That's yeah. great.
0: Uh, yeah, but it, what is there, 12 guys? It started with four and now there's a... Well, yeah, we're into it. And
3: I think, yeah, uh, after I get off the mic, I'm going to go set it up and we'll put some post out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and you guys can join it. We'll set up some matches. Costs nothing to play, just pride. Um, see if you can take on the big dogs and Drew and myself. And I'm getting way better now. Like I'm, I'm
0: actually like pretty good. If I focus, you're getting better. But like I said, it's 90% mental. That's right. And and if everyone wants to know, Troy has two controllers, and only one
3: person plays. I have to have a backup. <laughs> I get a little upset sometimes. The cheese smasher over here. Um, also on days off, I got to watch some golf from Hawaii, which was quite nice. Um, who was the big winner? Oh, well, Joaquin Neiman lost in a playoff 2 don't tell me, don't tell me, well, Harris f-
0: English. Harris English, yes. They playoff uh, playoff over Joaquin Neiman. Uh, did you, I don't know, did you have a chance to watch it or what?
3: Yes, I did. I actually, I watched quite a bit of the golf. It's so scenic. Uh, small field, good scores. Uh, you know, Abe finished, I think, nine under and still T... No, minus 11, yep. Minus 11, T17-ish.
0: Yep, still making money. Yeah. it's a mean, lot of money.
3: But, I mean, on a regular week... Your top five, probably with that is eleven under.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> <Depending> <laughs> when you, when on you have field. DJ and JT ripping it up week in week out. Yeah. Um, like I would never want to. Like I want to play with those guys one time, but I don't because it just they would embarrass me. Like they would shoot minus fifteen, yeah. and I'm and I'm scraping up plus six on, on those courses.
3: I know uh, JT got himself in some hot water there on Saturday. We won't delve too much into it, but uh, he did apologize for his remarks he made. I don't know if that's enough. I actually just read a tweet about 20 minutes ago. His paycheck yesterday was $390,000, I believe. I saw that tweet, yeah. And someone suggested that maybe he should make that a charitable donation to uh, (laughs) what had happened cause. Yeah,
0: like I'm not going to get into this too much. I I don't think he should have to give his money away. Um, But... Yeah, I mean that'd be a great gesture. I mean he apologized and you know he's, he's notorious for a few times now. He's had he a few is. hot mic issues, but But um, that being
3: said, I know I said to you this morning when we were playing the You can't say that, that stuff. You know you're on camera and you know you're on a microphone and there's no fans. Yeah.
1: You y- just you gotta can't say you that can't stuff.
3: say derogatory comments like that, right? Exactly. So, um no good good tournament. This week, uh, we're going to play or did you wanna cut me off? No, go this is perfect, man. I it's just you
0: did your homework. I'm we're pumped. Sticking home, I love we're it.
3: We're sticking in Hawaii. Hawaii. We're <laughs> playing at. Uh, <laughs> if if I can say this correctly, we're playing this at the YLA Country Club in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, it's a bigger field, bigger field. I got the odds here. I was kind of looking at who's. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to be there? Who's We're hot gonna, and who's not? Yeah, we got Morikawa, you know, friend of the show, Webb Simpson's going to be there. Harris now moved up quite a bit. He's projected to actually finish third.
0: Yeah, he just won. Uh, so we
3: got McDonald's Man, Mr. Burger, Matsu, Matsuyama, Joaquin. We got the Kiz, Kevin Kisner, Answer, Adam Scott, Kuchar, Like, there's the list goes on and on. Actually, no JT or DJ, which I'm shocked because you really are only, I can't imagine, more of an hour flight. Right yeah, they're probably
0: celebrating. Man, I, Or I mean, it's a lot of money they win. <laughs> like, yeah, I suppose.
2: Partying that up. Yeah. Uh,
3: and by the looks of the field, only one Canadian, which would be Mackenzie Hughes. I can't see any other on here. I'm just looking at the list. Nope, that's the only Canadian. So Awesome. Yeah, yep. that's where we're playing, the uh, Sony Open. That's pretty Thoughts? cool.
0: But yeah, I'm excited. It's another, another week of golf. I am excited for that. Quickly, I want to shout out a Canadian golfer that I'm trying to do on the show for us, uh, Adam Spence. Uh, former Maple Leaf Junior Golf Tour, ripped it up all the way through. He, I was watching the Monday Q Info guy that we had on our show. His Twitter page. He goes every Monday qualifier. Guy grinds it out. Congrats to him. Kudos all his work. But he was there when uh, Adam Spence uh, won his Monday qualifier to get into uh, some cool event. I'm sure, but it was pretty cool. It was. Like, Adam's a great player. i never, never played with him, but um, I believe he's Calgary, BC born, and ripped it up on the junior tour. Did
3: you see the PGA breaking news today?
0: Which one? I saw a couple yesterday. Augusta
3: other. Masters? I did
0: see that. Yeah, they're allowing, what, some certain amount of fans? Wow,
3: they haven't said how many, but they are going to open up the uh, grounds to some patrons. We just don't know how many. Uh, I saw that was the breaking news I had. Apparently, you're all over it, too. So.
0: Yeah, and they also announced that the driving chip putt Foundation, I believe, is going to go on too. So it's awesome to see that they're, I guess, the world's kind of going back to whatever normalcy was. <laughs> we hope.
3: What is normal?
0: um Quickly, before we go into um, my next topic here, I guess we're on the sports news. Hockey starts as this is now aired. I know you boys go, are both, leaves, both pumped. You know, Angie's a big leaves, Leafs fan and Troy's a Vega oil fan. Yeah. Oilers, sorry.
3: Oilers are going to be first in the North Division. I don't care what all these people are saying about the Leafs. First. First, baby.
0: Okay, I like it. Well, I, I th- think if I we did
3: it. a quick rundown. Really? Let's do a quick rundown.
0: All right, well, let, let's ask uh, Hags
3: first. No, Let's right
2: go there. Troy. Let's go Troy. He's oh, got no,
3: I'm just going to. We're going to do this as a round table. Okay, yeah, you go first. So let's start at the bottom. Who's going to finish last in the division?
2: I think it's going to be. They made a lot of moves, but I think Ottawa is going to finish last.
3: Okay, I got them second last. Who do you got last? I can't even think of a team. Montreal,
2: I think. Montreal's oh, going to Montreal,
3: pick. yeah. yeah. I, I project Montreal last. Ottawa second last. Okay. Who's next? Or do you Man, want to break it down? Man. Who's number one? I
0: don't know. Winnipeg? Is Winnipeg even your bottom? I, the, was it 16? I think it I think I, think I, think I, think
3: Winnipeg, I think Winnipeg 4. There's seven teams, right? Yeah. yeah. I got Winnipeg, right? Seven teams. Dan's doing the. Let I, I'm, a,
0: I'm a huge. Uh, uh, here, I'll just go first. Here's my number one team Canucks.
3: Disagree. Disagree They're, strongly.
0: I think they made a lot of moves in the offseason. Goaltending.
2: For, for, you think first, uh, first place? No. One or t- one or two or three.
3: I'm taking my Oilers on it because I'm an Oilers fan. Yeah, and they're they solid. Just, they got. S- I told you this off the air. They're very much like Daniel's Leafs. Offense, great. Back end, not so good. So if we can put six, seven pucks in every night in a fifty-six game season, yeah. I think we could be. I think I, we could win the division.
2: I think Leafs, Leafs, Oilers will be top. Top three for sure. Um,
3: Calgary's, uh, Calgary's, thir- thir- Calgary's thir- on thir- the bubble. They're thir- yeah. close to yeah. they are in the middle there. Who are we missing? Winnipeg we talked about. Yeah. Uh, oh.
2: Ottawa. We already said Montreal. And Winnipeg. Talked about Van. God,
3: I thought we had more teams in Canada no. than that. I thought it was a seven-team division. It doesn't matter. Hockey's back tomorrow. Yep. Um, I'm excited. Uh, again, I didn't realize was only 56-game season, but... More no, than nothing. No, no fans at all. Uh, I know Ottawa's owner, there, Eugene Melnick, made a tweet there. Was it today or last night? Yeah, they want six thousand fans but in there. Then the government just shut the province down today. Yeah, yeah. They're, like, yeah. There won't not, be any fans in Canada. Happening. No, no. So let's just be happy that there is Canadian teams playing hockey. Yeah, Absolutely. something to watch. Yeah, NBA. Uh, yeah, because we're a sports podcast. Raptors suck. God, they're brutal. Two I mean, wait
0: to I I wait all year to watch the last game of the season. Cause it takes about that long to play a full yeah, season. So, <laughs> two and uh, eight.
3: Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is still missing. They don't know when the hell he's coming back or where he is. Hmm. Uh, baseball. Well, we're a little bit of ways for that.
0: I guess NFL's in
3: the playoffs. NFL. You know? That was a crazy weekend. It was it was uh, a little
0: Browns
2: moved on.
3: You know, I. Uh,
0: you know, hats off to Sunday Weaver. Yeah, he went out and got his picks <laughs> back. You know, he, he wanted Vontae Mack and took the Browns. To the sh- he's, they're on the ship.
3: I Sonny Weaver. Actually, I'm rooting for <laughs> Cleveland. I'm, and I want oh my uh, goddamn picks back. <laughs> Sorry. That's I, from
2: the movie Draft <laughs> Day, just so everyone knows. I was going, what the hell is he talking
3: about, Dan? I have no idea. Have you haven't seen Draft Day? No. Oh, boy. Anyways, yeah, go on, Troy. I'm rooting for the Browns. Yeah,
2: it would be nice to see them win.
3: And they look good. Yeah, yeah Ray Jennings. Pittsburgh just looked that, <laughs> that bad, though. <laughs> uh, and I had a good <laughs> chuckle at the end of that game. Did you guys see Roethlisberger sitting on the bench when they're all shaking hands? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, you guys have to see it. Just go Google up the last 10 seconds of the game. Yeah. You know they go and celebrate and shake hands. Oh, he cr- he's crying, babies. right? No, he just sat, he sat on the bench. Yeah. Exactly looked like uh, Pablo Escobar in the Netflix series. You know where he's just sitting there? He's oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it, it was quite a
3: funny <laughs> meme I seen about it, but anyways.
0: <laughs> all right, well, I think that's all the sports talk we have here. And before we move on, I guess from that, local golf a new member of our golf society and the current one we're in right now, Dean Prosky. And we announced yesterday, uh, the 18th year, the Scotia wealth open in Nippon will be a go and is set to take place on June 5th and 6th. uh, entries will start to be accepted next week. So, um, you got to play this tournament. I don't know if you're both come with me this year, whether we're going to cover content. I know that. I know they want us out there. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a caddy. That's why, and also I'm a podcast. But also, I've already entered in it. I'm but playing. it's a great tournament and a great time, and you see a lot of the boys you don't just see uh, at every other event. I've already entered it. You're I'm playing? Not, yeah, I got Reno. He's going to be my caddy.
2: Oh, Drew, can I be your caddy?
0: Absolutely, bud.
2: <laughs> can I drink on the course or no? No, no. Uh,
0: uh, well, we're not covering golf Saskatchewan news right now. We're why well, it's kind of. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Why not? You can drink, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah, no. behind the scenes. Uh, no, but. Um, can,
3: can a guy like myself sign up for this tournament or no? Do You have to have like a, a certain handicap. handicap? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I won't be playing, so don't get worried, people. But you'll be there for the whole. Hopefully, we're doing some shows. I'll be there, there so. for support. Yeah, that's right. Okay.
0: Now, I got to get into it. I know you haven't seen it. I know we talked about it quite a bit. The Tiger documentary. Not Tiger King. Tiger, it's based on. Uh, it's around Tiger Woods. Um, have you seen it, Troy? What is it called? It's called the Rise, the Fall, the Return. So it's gonna break down. I'm assuming what you know from a kid when I saw the first episode. Moving on, And if you haven't seen, it, I won't give any obviously spoilers away.
3: But I, I have one question for you, continue interesting one. Where are you watching this? Because I thought it was HBO or something.
0: No free ads. Um, but we're subscribed to a Crave, Crave yeah. that launches uh,
3: HBO films and streams them. Okay, so maybe can you tape it on VCR for me? What's
0: a VCR? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, then I guess I'm going to have to get the old, I can't say it out loud or the government might crack down on me, but I'll find it. I'll find it so I can watch <laughs> it next week. I'll be up to date, so.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously I didn't see it, but it's it's interesting, and, uh, I mean, I guess you have to just watch it to learn and, and see what you did or didn't know. And, I mean, I guess the biggest thing is, too, like what Barnaby said back in episode 37, uh, you can't believe everything you, you're, you're told. So, yeah. Um, Take it for what it is. Watch it. I don't enjoy it. It's, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And uh,
2: th- how many episodes, episodes are there?
0: There's only one so far. Part two is next week, and then four. S- four. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And then hopefully they don't get it shut off. I'm trying to, It's kind of cool to see um, that stuff. But anyway, I told you too, Dan. Like, if you like, you have to watch it to have a, uh, I think a real opinion on it. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of people that are just going off reviews and aren't actually watching it and giving bad reviews, but
3: yeah. Yeah, but generally a bad review means it's good. I'm sure you guys have heard of RottenTomatoes.com. Sorry, yep. didn't mean to plug them, but it's <laughs> no uh, if, if, if no they've they given you a terrible rating in a movie or a television series, it's generally a hit or a, uh, a blockbuster. Yeah. So um, I wanted one last sports thing. I know we kind of we did the hockey <laughs> That's stuff. Right. I want your guys' thoughts on Evander Kane. And for all our listeners who don't know, Evander Kane's an NHL hockey player who was known a few years ago to take a picture on top of a rooftop in Vegas with a lot of money. A lot of money. And using his oh, yeah. cell phone, he was playing for the Winnipeg Jets and was traded to the San Jose Sharks. He he's been traded a lot. He, he's yeah. bankrupt. Yeah. And he just signed a four-year deal, I believe it was.
2: Last seven Sh- years. Seven year, seven yeah, year for $49 whole, million. Sorry,
3: yeah, And he's $26.8 million in debt. So yeah. I want your guys' thoughts. Because you guys are younger. And if you guys had that money, you know Full. what I mean? I'm just curious. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'd be spending it like no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's. I think it's with the thing with the Vander Kane. I think you've heard. I've heard so many bad stories about him. Like I think he's. I don't know if he's just a terrible guy or if he has issues or what. Right, you can't. You can't really go. Yeah. Maybe he does have issues, right? But I think he's got a uh, bad character from uh, previous stories about other teams and him being traded. But I guess we'll see. When I'm sure more stuff will come out soon.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty well. Which what I was going to say too. I mean, like he's. You know, from a, from a hockey scout point of view, yeah, he's clearly got a bad character, and guys don't want him around in the locker room kind of thing. But I mean, again, I don't know him; you don't know him. But he—I'm sure he—it's pretty evident he likes to gamble. So um, now back to your other question: Is if I had that kind of money, like I'm hoping I'm saving it for to buy a house for our parents, or and then buy some other cool things on the way and spend it? Well, spend it like I'm not cheap. I'm like ah, I'm going to buy that twenty bucks. Like did I'm, you I'm, uh,
2: did you see when he called out he wanted to fight Jake Paul? Yeah, that's why he's doing it. it yeah, that's money. why he wanted to do it and need some money.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, you just stole my thunder, Dan. I was just going to say that. But yeah, I don't do, know. Do like, you think there'll be a three, four part documentary on Crave, HBO, <laughs> The Rise and Fall of Evander Kane? I think and it's just No Return. The, <laughs>
2: the, fall, yeah. the fall. The and Fall and No Return. So.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, just, it is what it
0: is. We're not, we can't really Maybe we'll get him on and the
3: show. We'll ask him all these questions. <laughs> I'll hit him up on Twitter.
0: I'm sure he'd love to talk to us about that. <laughs> uh, Kate, okay, well, I guess before we get off to our, uh, our guest today in our interview, um, I just well, oh, my God, I have this terrible note written down here. I can't even read my own writing. First off, Troy wasn't there for that one. But I'm going in there somewhere. Okay, here we go. Now we're back in the air now. We're good. Okay. Quickly here, one more time. World Juniors,
3: thoughts?
2: We lost. The U.S. deserved to win. Yeah, we
3: didn't play very well in the gold medal game. We played 10 minutes of that game. Yeah. And
0: speaking of in debt, Troy's in debt to me, $20 from that game. So, anyhow... Uh, our guest today, loser. Great guest. We got 20 bucks. It's counting 20 every day. Anyway, so Troy, you weren't there for that one, but we are very fortunate to have on, um, you know, Dylan Playfair from Letterkenny, the new head coach of the Mighty Ducks TV series. Uh, sorry, Bombay. Dylan Playfair's in town. Letterkenny. Yeah, it was great. Heads, do you have uh,
3: obviously some thoughts on that one?
2: Oh, I think we should just no spoilers. Let let everyone else uh, decide what it's like.
3: All, all I'm gonna say is and again I wasn't I was working during the day for that one. I had the luxury of doing had one at night, but social media accounts went absolutely bananas. Oh yeah. Once he hit the retweet button or the favorite. I my phone was nonstop. Yeah. And I think the last time I checked the impressions on Twitter was over forty four thousand hits we got on that. Wow. So that was nuts. pretty big deal. Yeah, it was like I told Dan my Twitter
4: and, and thank you, Dylan. Froze. Yeah, hey, thank you for joining for the show.
0: And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we we had talked about everything, you know, right from the TI, the BCHL, the you know, jungle hockey days, and you know, acting, and you know, he's and the shit story. Yeah, which is intense, and we got the full end, uh, full full breakdown on that bad boy. So it's uh, yeah. I just without further ado, let's send over to, to Dylan Playfair. Hope you guys enjoy it.
1: Almost better Starts off, boys. <laughs> You looking for a tilly, buddy? Let's have a bro Bump the brakes.
3: Last Mountain Distillery's famous seasonal releases, cherry whiskey and hazelnut cream liqueur, now available at retailers across the province and at the distillery. Get your Christmas shopping done before they're gone. Contactless pickup available at this distillery through our website at www.lastmountaindistillery.com.
0: Alrighty, we're very happy to have on today an absolute beauty from Fort St. James, B.C. He played for the Merritt Centennials in the BCHL, a little shout out, currently a star in the Letter Ken- Letter Kenny Canadian TV series, and newly appointed head coach of the Mighty Ducks in the remake, Surrey Bombay. So without further ado, we welcome in Dylan Playfair today.
1: Boys, how you doing?
0: Not too bad. How about the How about the intro though? Worked like four days on that thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, friggin' uh, thumbs up, A plus all around boys. That's first line uh, first line intros right there. <laughs> Tyres your pump feeling good.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Okay man, so let's get right into it. What's going on with you? How are things? Uh, you know, how are the holidays?
1: Things are good, you know. I mean obviously COVID has kinda thrown a, a, a curveball everyone's way, not just not just mine and and Jen, uh, Jen's my fiance. We uh, we wanted to sneak out and, and see more family, obviously. But uh, BC just introduced uh, a bit of a lockdown here, so yeah, kept things local, kept things low key, and kind of enjoyed some some downtime. Um, as you mentioned, there, I was I was working on, on Mighty Ducks here the last uh, six months. So I mean, it's been pretty it's been pretty busy in Vancouver, actually, work wise, even even with the COVID situation. It's just a lot more you know, testing and social distancing on set and things like that. So as much as COVID, you know, put a lot of industries on hold, I was still really busy, so I really enjoyed the downtime of the last couple of couple of days with the the holidays.
0: Awesome, man. Well before we jump right into your you know, your childhood, I, I gotta ask. I mean, you kinda looked like Gunnar Staller coaching the Mighty Ducks when I saw that intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I love it. Yeah, you're not the first person to uh, to mention that. Um yeah, you know that—that that was uh, what a what a cool opportunity. You know, being being a '90s kid, I obviously watched the three movies on loop for for many, many, many years. Uh, still do, to be honest with you. I still really love the series. So to be able to come into to a, a series like that with you know the original creator Steve Brill, who who um, was behind the the originals and and uh, you know designed the the logo for the the NHL teams and. I mean, it was really the brainchild of, of the entire franchise. Uh, he he's a fan of Letterkenny, so that was actually my uh, my door open into into this opportunity. You know, he was in Vancouver; that, that's where I live. And last year, obviously before the pandemic hit, uh, we went out for for drinks and for a bite to eat, and you know, kind of chatted about the project and both seem to, to dig each other's vibes and he's really really funny dude he works with out of family lots and he's got a great long body of, of work that's uh that's just you know hilarious movies and and uh, television projects so to, to work with him and to you know take on the the vibe of, of gunner Stahl was uh what a <laughs> trip
0: man what a, what a cool thing <laughs> that's awesome all righty, man, K. Okay, let's backtrack this uh, this interview now. You know, obviously, growing up in uh, Fort Saint James, you know, first off, what was that like, and what sports hobbies were you up to as, as a youngster, uh, Dylan Playfair?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I was born in Fort. Me and my I got two younger brothers, Jackson and Austin. My dad was uh, born and raised in Fort Saint James with with all of his brothers and sisters up there. Got a got a very big family. Um, but he so he played hockey.
4: Uh, obviously, he played in the NHL. I'll I was born it. and then,
1: yeah, oil. Made, <laughs> made it to the show. Cup of coffee in there. And then, uh, yeah, he he was actually coaching for the Dayton Bombers when I was born. So, what would happen was every summer we'd go back to Fort St. James, and then every winter we'd go wherever he was coaching. So, um, I'd spend, you know, give or take, you know, between four to six months, depending on, on how long his season went in Fort. So, I got, you know, kind of the, the best of that, that world that we had a cottage on the lake, we still do, and we'd spend the summers there and, you know, buzz around on the boat and four-wheeling and hiking and, you know, shit-disturbing, you know, terrorizing <laughs> the local cottagers, as Danny Heatley would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. You know, I still got a lot of obviously friends and, and cousins out in Fort St. James, but um, most of my my childhood was spent bouncing around through the minor leagues, my dad was was coaching his way up through the ranks, making it to uh, to the NHL.
2: Yeah. So, so, yeah. When did you start playing hockey? And uh, assuming your dad uh, was a big part of why you wanted to play. Eh?
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. He was. He was for sure the motivating factor in that. And I mean, growing up around a hockey rink, like when I was a kid, our our, our toys weren't Legos; they were <laughs> tape balls and cut off sticks. At the time, it was uh, just blades. You know, it had the two pieces. So. Um, we would play mini sticks with the wood blades and tape up, you know, old, old old hockey socks and buzz around the dressing rooms and jump in the hot tubs and the cold tubs and I mean, being around hockey so much from such a young age, it kind of ingrains the culture in you and, and, and the people and, and I obviously love the game so do my brothers and my mom and dad. So uh, there's actually pictures of me at, at two. I'm pretty sure I, I was walking, and about three weeks later, he had he had skate strapped on my <laughs> feet. So uh, it was a pretty natural progression in, into ice hockey, and you know, it's, it's I think similar with with most Canadian kids. You really you really dream about playing in the NHL, and then on, on top of that, I could you know look on the look on the wall and see my dad as a young kid growing up through the through the minor hockey programs, and then into junior, and then into pro. Same with my uncle Larry. He he played. Uh, Played for for Buffalo, yeah, and for Los Angeles Kings. So, I mean, it was always something that you know you want to grow up and be like dad. And, and when dad's in the NHL, it's a, it's a pretty cool motivator to uh, to play the game.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so before we get into some junior talk here, I, I got to ask me and I, mean, I played AAA. You know, he, uh, Daniel here was close. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, Dan. But no,
2: I, uh, I was a I was a bum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we're curious. Like, did you play AAA as a kid in BC? And you know, obviously, second part of that question, did he play in the Max tournament in Calgary?
1: Uh, I did play triple-A. I never actually played in the max tournament, so I played Phantom triple-A and then I played midget double-A and the max tournament is uh, uh, I'm not sure how, the, how the, the divisions work now, but I, I believe it's like uh, Like quadruple-A they call it major midget in BC. Yeah, I was living in Calgary at the time. So um, in, in Calgary, I play for the Buffalo's organization So it's Sick. A- Wow. Uh, double A and then and then Triple A. Um, so I played on the Double A team, and uh, we had a good team actually. They, they compete in this in this league called the Southern Alberta Midget League, and uh, we played for the Sutter Cup. And the year I played Double A, we actually won the Sutter Cup under Jim Finney. Shout out to Fin Dog, what a beauty he was! <laughs> like, great, great coach we had. And uh, yeah, you know, played uh, played for the Buffs, pretty legendary organization. They've been around for a long, long time. And then right out of Midget AA, I went and played Junior B in the Kijhl out here, which uh, which is the jungle. So <laughs> never 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 got to uh, take a crack at the the Max tournament, but uh, I watched all the time. I mean, it was pretty cool as a kid to go out to the rink and and see all those that top talent. I mean, I got to see absolutely Midget Hopkins play, and you know a lot of really talented kids come to that tournament, but uh, I never got a sniff. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, me and Drew, we played four years in the jungle here in Saskatchewan, so what was what's the jungle like in BC? Is it uh, kind of that rough and tough, kind of gritty hockey yeah. like here?
1: Yeah, you know what, it's funny, it, it changed a little bit around the time I was coming into it, so um, the major midget league in British Columbia hadn't been around as long as, as the AAA system in Alberta, so at the time that I'd come to the KI, a lot of like the skilled 16 17 year old kids were were you know leaving midget hockey to go play against more developed kids in, in in junior b in the jungle so they'd also changed the fight rule where uh i believe you had one scrap in your toss so you had to you had to fight in the first two periods and if you fought in the third you were out for the next game so um, that's not bad you know yeah, yeah. I mean I mean it, it wasn't there was still some tough guys, don't get me wrong, there was still some <laughs> some big old big old You didn't want to get on the wrong side of buzzing around the blue line, making sure no one looked at you funny during the warm ups. So that 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 element still existed, but uh there was a lot of kids that were really set on going the college route that had foregone uh Western league invitations to, you know, play sixteen seventeen in the K I and then move on to the B C H L and then eventually on to um to college hockey so yeah it was it was obviously a, uh, a faster game a bigger game I mean you're playing the game some, some of those guys are turning 21 and I mean they got full beards and two kids at home and a, <laughs> and a part-time job and it was, you know me and the rest of the guys going to science class in the afternoon um, so that was a I mean that was obviously tough but I, I, I like the style of hockey I was always very very gritty I wanted to grind in the corners and Stuff up, so I thought it was going to be you know a better spot for me to develop outside of my game, and that's kind of what drew me to uh, to the jungle, as it as it's so affectionately referred to. <laughs> okay,
0: so I have to ask now. This is a long question. I mean, the second year you, you ended up playing in the BCHL for the Merritt Centennials. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you didn't score a lot, yeah, a lot of pims. Now, I'm sure. I mean, I scout hockey and I coach hockey. When I see a guy like you, I'm going, okay, this guy's got mitts, he can play. I'm not saying that you couldn't. Um, but what, what were what were the thoughts of your teammates and coaching staff when they brought on uh, Dylan Playfair to play for the Centennials?
1: You know, I I worked, I mean, I, I was always, my headspace was, I mean, I'd be the skilled guy, the most skilled guy, but I'll always be the hardest-working guy. So, you know, I came to camp, I won the fitness test, I had the most, you know, I was the fastest on the sprints, I, I bench-pressed the most, I was the first guy on the ice and last guy off the ice. Um, that <laughs> summer before, I uh, so I, I worked at the Okanagan hockey academy. Nice. Uh, Penn took hockey school. So that whole summer before I really, really hammered my my uh, my shot, my you know, my puck awareness, um, my ability to sort of find open space. I was always someone who kind of panicked a little bit with the puck. I could get in the corners quickly and win puck battles, but I wasn't the guy who would want to hold on to the puck on a power play by any means. I'd rather block a shot than make a play. So uh, you know, I think Luke Pierce, who was the, the coach of, of Merit at the time, um, we both got along really, really well. We really respected each other, and I put on a really good camp. I think I scored. I had a couple hat tricks during um, inter-squad games and then had a really good exhibition season. And, you know, as you guys know, coaching hockey and playing hockey, uh, a mental slump can really, it, it's a oh, wild yeah. what it can do to you. But for, for whatever reason, you know, I just, I, I couldn't I was having nightmares, man. I'm not even kidding. I, I would dream about standing in front of the net during a game with plexiglass <laughs> on the goal line and I was just hammering shots on the uh, on the net, and it would stop right on the red line. So uh it mighty ducks. I had a couple of Yeah, it was it was a tough goal. Like I uh you know, I, I, I played a lot, I I hit a lot, I blocked a lot of shots, I killed a lot of penalties. I just could not for the life of me get one to go on the net and you know, as a forward, you look at you look at those statistics. I think it's zero goals, one assist, like <laughs> almost two hundred pins. Um, you can kind of tell right out of the gate the kind of player I was. So, you know, that that season was actually—it's funny at the time you're you're having night sweats and you're questioning your ability to live, <laughs> let alone play hockey. <laughs> but that's uh, you know, that season really, really led me in into acting because acting was something I always wanted to do. And as much as I, I love the game, when, when you have that that season was was really challenging. You know, I, I just I couldn't I couldn't get pucks in the net, and uh, it was something that was was eating me up. But it really led me to understand that I was going to be a much more successful actor than a hockey player.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jake. Right before we go into our you know acting stuff after hockey, but I have to ask that what what are your thoughts on the you know the game today? I mean, obviously you being a you know former tough guy, you know like to fight scraps, you know slash guys. I was a huge slasher, but you know what are your thoughts on the game now, where it's kind of going with you know less fighting and you know less essential contact?
1: Yeah, you know I think I think the fun the the fun of the game is is still there. I think the you know you should you should only play hockey if you enjoy doing it and I think you see some of those guys like, like I think John Morasky and PJ Stock when they used to scrap they'd have grins from ear to ear and you could tell they they just loved doing it and yeah, I think the 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 game that, that we grew up playing and our parents grew up playing there was an element of policing on the ice and the tough guys you knew who they were and they kind of kept you honest and by and large you didn't take runs with skilled guys and, and skilled guys knew that they needed a couple, a couple of uh, a tiger tanks out there to, to to protect them when they got a hold of the puck. Um, so I always really enjoyed that sort of that uh, I guess that classification of players: your skilled guys, your tough guys, your playmakers. But watching the game now, I mean, it's so fast, and it it truly is something that I think, and as, as it develops and it opens up ice for. For smaller guys, with, with the sort of
4: the yeah. die-off,
1: I guess you could say, of of the tough guy, like the pure tough guy, I think it's good for the game in the sense that it it's going to open up a lot of opportunity for for players. I think people get really caught up on on the fan side of it, on what are the fans going to say? Because obviously, I've never I've never been to I think Don Cherry said this I've never been to a hockey game where a fight breaks out and. Uh, and the fans sit on their hands, you know? Yeah, exactly. People get on their feet. They, they love that stuff. And that's, I think it's important that it stays a part of the game. But I think having it focused on, on skilled plays and, and, and scoring goals and allowing these guys to have careers that last a lot longer and, and that are still, you know, able to do simple math problems after the fact. I mean, I'm, I'm a bad example. I couldn't do math before I started playing, so I guess I'm not a good barometer. But, um <laughs> I, I, I think it's good. I think it's exciting. You see this, like you know, Andrew Barber guy. He's he's getting getting kids to do all sorts of incredible maneuvers with the puck. And I mean, I I haven't changed my opinion of the game. I still think it's the fastest game on earth. I think it's incredibly skilled. And I think if it uh, if it allows for you know maybe some smaller guys with better hands to make it further in the game if they're not afraid of having their their lights punched out by some. Ape like me, then then that that's probably that's probably better for the game, you know? So
0: Absolutely. I want my cake, and I want to eat it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, th- th- just to further that point, I mean, like, that's at the movie Ice Guardians when they say, you know, like, I've heard who it was, maybe it was McGratton, was like, what are two things that get people to stand up in the NHL, you know, NHL rink, or go in a fight? It's like, that's pretty, you know, I mean, what else do you stand up for? You don't stand up for hot dogs, do you? Hot dog! Who wants a hot dog? I might. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it depends who you are,
4: I guess. <laughs>
0: Alrighty, okay, as we talked off the record, Dylan, you know, you said hockey was a great transition into acting. Uh you know, before we get into acting, I gotta ask, what was your role in the dressing room? Like were you did I crack in jokes? I mean and obviously you just follow that up with some, some of your best stories from Junior.
1: Yeah, I I really, really liked being a dressing room guy. I thought <laughs> it was something that I could really contribute to the team. Um, it definitely evolved in a bigger way. In merit, you know, around the Christmas time mark, where I looked at the statistics and figured, how do I, how do I bring value to the room here? And obviously, having a dad as a coach in the NHL, um, the dynamic of a room and, and the hierarchy and, and the respect element and, and how to be a leader was something that uh, I was I was very aware of that resource that I had. So I was talking with yeah. him a lot, you know, trying to figure out my my position and how to be an effective dressing room guy so uh, i i loved it i i love telling stories i love making the guys laugh i, I love being you know self-deprecating i was i was hyper aware of my role i was never gonna pretend to be something that i wasn't so i had uh I, I took a lot of pride in, in keeping the room loose but also uh I, I think the mark of a good dressing room guy is he can be silly in the room but he can also go out there and you know lay on the ice and take a shot for his tendy and, and if yeah. he sees. One of his skill guys getting picked on. He's the first guy to, you know, sacrifice himself. Like, that was, I was sort of my MO. Like, as a, I was 5'10, 200 pounds. I was about as thick as I was tall. <laughs> but I figured, you know, if I fight the biggest guys on the ice, if I win, then I'm, you know, that's awesome. And if I lose, well, shit, it was the toughest guy on the ice. He was six foot five or whatever. So, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But that was the energy that I wanted to bring to the room, just to let these guys know that, hey, I'll, I'll do absolutely anything it takes to give all of you the opportunity to be the best versions of yourself in the game, whether that's, you know, picking you up from school. I, I was graduated by the time I was playing junior, so you know, pick guys up from school or, you know, drive places or, you know, make them laugh in the room or tell stories from from my childhood. It was something that I, I really enjoyed being, being that, uh, that guy in the room. So, yeah, definitely a dressing room guy uh not so much of
0: a goal guy, but I think <laughs> that was that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean I think we need more of guys like you in the in the game today, especially in the junior hockey world i mean um yeah, but that's uh that's like the perfect guy you want in the room it's perfect
1: yeah yeah its it was you know and you can tell like when when those teams have those those elements the the gelling and the and the camaraderie and the trust you have in each other. I think if you can trust your teammates and you can trust your coach, it makes the entire process so much easier. I mean, you can buy into a system. And something my dad said early on in my career was, as a, as a coach, his philosophy is like, follow the system, listen to what we've we've laid out in front of you, and if it works, you'll see it, and if it doesn't, I'll see it, and 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 like just just trust yeah. in. Trust in that role that that if it's wrong, I'll take ownership of it. But you have to have you have to take ownership of your role. You know, if you're if you're a, a, a third line energy guy, and you're trying to fill a role of a you know a first line skilled guy, you're not going to be effective on the team. And it's yeah. you know that's the exact carryover that I brought into my acting career. I mean, you go into audition for at the start of my career, I was auditioning for you know drunk guy at the bar number three. Well, I'm not going to go in and play drunk guy at the bar number three and say, hey, you know, Mr. Susese, I really, I think this guy's motivation is, I, I don't think he's that drunk. You know, I think maybe he should stand up and walk over to the lead and, and introduce himself. It's like, sit the fuck down. Like, that's not what it's about. You got to do your job so that the rest of us can do our job. And, and understanding that dynamic in a team setting, I think really, really helped me when I transitioned – into into acting where i i approached every single job like a hockey audition you're like a hockey child sorry I, I yeah would, you know look at a team and say okay what are the roles that this team needs build and then you go and be the best version of that missing piece so you can create that puzzle otherwise you end up like you know the oilers like you look at the last 10 years of them before they start, i mean obviously i'm biased because my, my dad's a coach there but for the, like they people say oh, they had like You know, top pick after top pick after top pick after top pick. Well, yeah, they were getting the same player, though. Yeah, exactly. have a bunch of skilled guys, but they didn't have that depth. And it was such a cool litmus test, I think, for the hockey world to go, oh, yeah, a bunch of guys doing the same thing is not effective. You need to have several bases covered. And that lesson has been so valuable when it comes to my acting career.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, and that's going great so far. So, well, hopefully this podcast doesn't kill it for you. Okay, um, <laughs> so let's talk some acting. You know, first off, what was your first ever acting role? I mean, obviously you might have mentioned it, uh, me being the third guy at the bar. But uh, did you like it right away? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I always wanted to be an actor. I always thought I'll play hockey, and there are very few careers where in your mid thirties you're thinking about retiring uh if anything most careers are sort of getting into your stride in your 30s so my game plan was to play hockey till i was 34 35 and then go to film school and get into <laughs> directing because uh, I, I thought it was a, a bit of a more direct route yeah to the industry so obviously after that year in Merritt, um i had uh i had met Phil Van Harper, who was a player on the team, his dad was a location manager, which is the guy that goes out and finds the sets for films and TV shows in Vancouver. So he got me a job working as a production assistant. And through that, I was literally standing on, on sets, sweeping up cigarette butts, making sure that people <laughs> threw their coffee cups in the right trash can. And met a, <laughs> met a, I, I met a, an actor who was a hockey player, go figure and he invited me out to his beer league hockey team where I kind of told my story, and I actually tore it up. Playing with Yeah, tore it up. scored a hat-trick the first game, completely fooled him into thinking I was a skilled guy, got a permanent roster spot, and I think I won another season without a goal, but that's, for another, that's another story for another time. Uh, but that was where I met Jerry Kiso, and Kiso saw a lot of himself, I think, in me, and he introduced me to, to his agent, and uh, she was the one who, who got me going out for, for auditions, Carrie Wheeler's name. So my very first paid gig was a music video called See Through by A. G. Woodworth, which is yeah, it's pretty pretty funny, not not letter Kenny at all, but it was my <laughs> first uh, my first paycheck for an acting role and that led to Grave Encounters Two, which is a, a horror film where, you know, when I first started no one really gave that no one cared that I'd play hockey. It was, well, can you, can you act? Because yeah. the, 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 the jobs are different when it comes to, you know... Fighting. Record and, <laughs> and, ...and filming the scene. Yeah, I'm not fighting anyone on, <laughs> on a film set, or at least I shouldn't be. I, I, I want to have, have a weird TMZ article come out. So, so yeah, that, that, uh, that role, Grave Encounters 2, um, the creators of that movie... They were represented by a, a guy in Los Angeles, and he ended up signing me. So that was my second uh, yeah my 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 second paid gig was a feature film, and it ended up doing quite well and it led me to my third feature film, which was Gordy Howe, the Mr. Hockey. I played Marty Howe. so it was two two projects before I started playing hockey on screen, and it you know pretty pretty clear
0: fit. Okay, so I have to ask now that you just mentioned that you know, obviously great great story, and now I want to talk about the Gordy Howe story. Um, you know, Daniel mentioned to me earlier. One, have you have, have you ever you know? Did you ever meet Gordy Howe? And two, how was that process of uh, you know filming that movie?
1: Um, I never personally got to meet Gordy Howe. My uh, my dad had met him, and obviously he's a you know, he's Mr. Hockey, he's a
0: great yeah,
1: hockey hockey legend. But my Uncle Larry had played with Marty and that was the character I was playing I was playing a real life person which is an interesting form of pressure you know you want to do them justice you want to get their voice you also want to make the story sort of authentic to the skills that, that you have as an actor so I got to actually speak with him on the phone quite a bit before we started filming and that was a real real gift to be able to just kind of chat with him and Absolutely. You know, hear his yeah, hear, like you know, hear how he spoke and hear his perspective of the of the story and that time in his life. Like that movie really focused only on um on the time when when Mark and Marty were playing with Gordy in Houston, which is such a cool I mean, growing up with my dad I that was the dream, right? To play play pro hockey with your old man, like what a what a chatter uh, no <laughs>
4: Yeah,
1: so unreal. And and you know the thing that, that Marty told me that really really helped me not just in that movie but in my my career as a as a whole you know entire journey was he goes when i used to go to the rink i had a smile on my face and and uh i would get bugged for whistling and warm-up and i never he goes i took the game seriously i wanted to win it was my job but i i never forgot the fact that it was a game a game yeah, we are not it's not yeah. life or death we're playing a game so i always had a smile on my face and goes, if you can go to bed every day and enjoy yourself you're gonna do my story justice mm-hmm. and it was like oh my god like that <laughs> is incredible like that was that yeah, was okay. the magic you know the, the the spell that sort of set the rest of my career in motion where i'm like that's what it's about like what no matter what you're doing, if if you're enjoying it, it's gonna make you want to do it to the best of your abilities, and it's gonna make those long nights and those early mornings and those arduous processes worth it if you know that you, at the end of the day, when the lights turn out, like you've had a fun day. That that's the point of it. So, you know, that was a huge part of it, and then also like the story itself is, is really cool because there's elements of it that I, I think a lot of people can carry into their day to day life. So, a, a scene where mark he's played by andrew herr who ended up obviously he's the other hockey player he plays jonesy yeah um kind of crazy how that works out but there's a great scene where he's uh he walks by his dad's room and he's signing autographs and he goes oh what are you doing he's like i'm you know i'm, I'm signing autographs because we don't get to do this job that we love without fans in the seat so you gotta you gotta genuinely have yeah. love for those people you gotta respect them and and understand that they've given their hard-earned dollars to watch you play a game. Like, that's something you can't lose sight of. And then the next scene is, is Mark signing his autographs, and I always yeah. thought that was such a cool thing to remember. You know, people ask, like, oh, does it ever get annoying having people come up and ask for pictures or, you know, want to do podcasts or anything like that? I don't know, at all, because it is, it is such an integral part of it, and if you... The second you lose sight of the of, of how important it is to have fans and to have people supporting you, that's when you run the risk of being one of those, you know, jerk off athletes or, yeah. or superstars whose whose ego gets too big, and then and then they're easy to to, to
0: pull apart because that's a that's a gross look when your when your ego gets too big. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Well, yeah, I even said this to my brother and Daniel here. Like, you know, I mean, we're, we're just doing this. You know, we're just getting started here, kind of thing, right? Seven months in, but you know, it'd be sweet, in you know, five years to be like. Hey, create a photo with you and stuff. I mean, obviously, I understand it probably gets too much at some times. But I mean, at the same time, those people are listening to your show or listening to you or watching you act or whatever it is. So I think you got to, you know, give back to those people. Yeah,
1: I I genuinely, you know, I I had for many years, like Letterkenny came about almost six years into my career. And for six years, people would ask me what my job was. I'd tell them I'm an actor and they'd ask me what bar I worked at so really i've never oh oh yeah it, it's i mean it, it's Locked a down. it's a long like i think <laughs> zach brown says took like 15 years to become an overnight success yeah. so i've never one time met a person on the street or in an airport who's asked for an, a, a picture that i haven't said yes to because i i think of you know when i was a kid i'd go to the rink and there'd be hockey players that i looked up to and the ones that took the 5, 10, 15 seconds, couple minutes to sit down and, and genuinely connect with you, like that stuff sticks with you, man. And that, those are the kind of interactions that you remember for the rest of your life. And, and if you have the opportunity with just your time alone dedicated to a stranger for 30 seconds to give them a memory that they'll hold on to, like I've, I've got to really, I feel very fortunate to have the perspective that I have in regards to, to that part of it, because
0: absolutely, you know, of course, well, like,
1: like you said, there's there's moments where if you're if you're in line ordering at Tim Hortons and you're halfway through your order, you want to you know have the decency to let the guy get his order out. But at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I, I really appreciate when people come up to me and and have a genuine interest in, in what I've done and, and you know appreciate the work that I've done because I don't get to do that without those people watching it and following it and and enjoying it and appreciating it. So, yeah, I, I do my absolute best whenever I have a chance to, to speak with a fan or take a photo with a fan to, to give them my, my utmost attention at that time.
0: Awesome, man.
2: Yeah. Uh, so what was it like, or what's it like being on the show Letter Kenny? And, and, <laughs> and any good stories uh, behind the scenes? And how <clears throat> did you meet Jonesy?
1: Yeah. Wow, what a. What are you, dealing I over there
0: now? Crushing a beer?
1: A uh, little uh, little whiskey water. A little, a little oh boy. So, whiskey, i got to stay hydrated. i got a long shift ahead here, so taking it, taking it nice and slow. I mean, that's the hack, right? If
0: you go 50-50 whiskey water, it's like you're not drinking anything. So oh, exactly, yeah. Out. Yeah, exactly. I, tell my mother that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, play for a trick. Um, uh, that's funny. So, letter- <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, I mean, I, I joke about it. I, I always say circle back to the those all the time, but I come by it, honestly. My dad was drafted by them and coaches for them now, and I've always been a fan. So I I joke with Keith, so I say, Letterkenny is like Oilers in the 80s. We've got this incredible, incredible crew that genuinely likes being on set. We've got a group of actors that, for the most part, were friends before the show came about. And... There, there, I, I've never met a single bad egg on that set. And Jared, you know, we. I guess I'll, I'll take back to the beginning. So when Hersey and I, uh, Jonesy, was going to school at UBC, he was in the acting program, and I was taking classes at Vancouver acting school and doing that production assistant work. I told you guys about, Yeah, and we met through a mutual friend, Nick Bielski. So we were both the only sort of actors in that friend group. And we ended up moving into the house together. So it was me, Andrew, Nick, a uh, buddy of ours, Michael Ossoff and Joe Gorman. So it was like total, you know, bro house had a, Had a lot of fun in that spot, but he was, he was, uh, going to acting classes, and I was doing the same thing. So when we booked Mr. Hockey and played the How brothers, we were playing on that beer league team as well. So I invited him out to play with, with uh, the Trappers was the name of the team. And it was Jerry who <laughs> was the captain. Uh, Jamie LaPointe, who plays the ginger on Letter Kenny, was the assistant captain. Myself, Hersey. Uh Tyler Johnson who plays the lead skit. who's that's a really, really good 3,
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Young uh young Grace, young Don Cherry. <laughs> um I'm trying to think who else was was a part of that. I, I think that I think that's it. But either way, like that's a pretty big contingency of, of letter he playing on that hockey team. Yeah. So after Gordy Howell comes out, uh Jared and, oh, Nate Dills, of course, uh, Jerry. Jerry was on the team as well. Um, so Nate and Kiso had been doing the Letter Kenny Problems YouTube bit. And after the movie comes out, Jared had, I mean, the whole Beerly team, basically, they went over to Jammer's house, Jamie LaPointe, and they set up a red carpet at his uh, condo, and they had the CVC sweat towels, and we did a, cause it was a you know, TV movie, but we, we did a premiere, at uh at jammer's house and it was such a cool experience because you know my family was obviously uh in calgary at the time and uh uh andrew's family's on the east coast so i think jared really saw an opportunity to sort of bring us in to to a family type setting and, and experience that premiere and it was really really cool so we watched the movie together and afterwards, Jammers goes, oh, you should get the boys out for an episode of Letterkenny Problems. So Jared and Nate write the hockey player skit. And we meet up on a, on a Sunday. We run the skit. And then we drive out to Ladner and shoot Letterkenny Episode 6 Hockey Players after Mr. Hockey comes out. And about two months later, Jared calls us and goes, boys. the the youtube clips are blowing up like there's millions of hits and bell's been reaching out in regards to a potential series so i didn't know this until after the fact but they wanted to audition uh, canadian actors for the hockey players and when jared uh agreed to do the series he said if i do the series i'm bringing the same team with me that i that that did the youtube stuff i want Dylan and Andrew and Nate as Derry and myself obviously is Wayne and uh, I want to bring in uh, I want to bring in Jamie the Ginger the ostrich <laughs> the infamous ostrich uh, fellow, we will say um, so so I guess they pushed back a little bit and then he ended up you know saying this is the way it is and he went to bat for us so he took us up for dinner and, and said you know we, we wanted to get a, a pilot didn't get a pilot but we did get six episodes, so obviously we were absolutely stoked. went hard that night. Then uh, a couple of weeks later, we were on a plane out to Sudbury to go film season one of Letterkenny Problems with uh, with some of the, 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 the best um, crew and cast that I've ever worked with, and I think we went out there under the pretense that it was an opportunity and we didn't know if it was going to go another season. We didn't know if if people were gonna like it we didn't know what the future held so we just really you know we all stayed in the the travel lodge and the whole crew and the cast got really close i mean we were partying almost you know daily after after work and and had a really really fun time but also because jared had really gone to bat for us like andrew and i took a ton of pride in our preparation and and I, i know i i can speak on behalf of the rest of the cast as well like when we came to set, you see the dialogue and how fast it is.
4: Like yeah. every
1: single person was off book. Every single per like all those words are written. I think a lot of people think that we improvise a ton of it, but the truth is Jared is such a good writer that all that stuff, like 99% of it is pre-written and sometimes really? we get ad-libs. Oh yeah.
0: Like Furda like and everything,
4: right?
1: Eh? <laughs> yeah. And, well, I mean, the, yeah, the, the Furda a lot of it comes from, from our interacting as friends, right? Like yeah. would, text me sometimes and go my brothers are playing in the Western League at the time so go hey like find out from your brothers like what can you get me a list of some of the lingo that's current because as we all know it's a, an evolving <laughs> language the language of hockey players so I would send him long lists of sayings and chirps that my brother Jackson often had heard from the bench and, and he would work that in and then when we when we get on set we have a ton of fun and you would be taking notes, you know, as we're laughing and giggling, <laughs> and that kind of stuff gets gets worked into the to the series. So yeah, you know, working on that show is it's incredible that it's a job. Like it feels like such a such a special special thing. And I think because it is, you know, that camaraderie you see on screen, that's not a manufactured thing. Like that's a genuine love and appreciation we all have for each other. And, and I really do believe that a huge part of the success of the show is the fact that everyone's happy to be there. They have fun on set. Like if I wasn't in the show, I always, I, I say this all the time. Like I'd still be, I'd be a huge fan of it. Cause I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think yeah. it's really, really funny. Yeah. And then, you know, to, to be able to sort of bring my own version of, of comedy into that, into that setting. is just, yeah, it's like being on the Edmonton Oilers in the 80s and they're winning Stanley Cow's
0: Buffet. Just having you know, fun. Like,
1: I just can't imagine how much fun that
0: was for those guys. Absolutely. Okay, Dill, we have to ask here. Uh, you know, obviously, you've done some visits, appearances, you know, premieres and stuff. Um, you know, what are some of your favorite cities to go to? And you must have a couple of good bar stories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, it's funny. We did a live tour with Kenny. We got nine shows in. We're supposed to do. Uh, how many? I, I forget now. I think it was, it was over. It was over fifty cities that we were gonna go see, and uh, that's a lot. It. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of set we are in. Buckle up, boys! Oh man, we we're we we're gearing up. We had a tour bus. I mean, Jared's a very talented musician as well. He's a really good drummer, and he's always wanted to go on tour with the boys. And I think this was a. I know this is an opportunity for us to do that. So, anyway, we we planned for you know. Two and a half months on the road, we are going to crush a ton of live shows and go all the way down the U.S. and finish up in L.A. And it was going to be a great time. But obviously, COVID kind of changed those plans, and we got uh, stopped in our tracks in Buffalo, New York. But the night before, we played in Detroit at the Masonic Hall, and, and Detroit was one of the coolest cities I have ever, ever been. I've heard that, at. too. I mean, yeah, Man, that crowd... Oh, my God. Aaron McCarty, who's a good pal of mine, he plays with my dad in, in Calgary and has a band called Grindr, just kind of checks off all the boxes for
4: for DMACC. what I consider
1: to be a, an absolute beauty. Um, he showed up with his pals, and he watched the show, and we had a, we had a fun time that night. And, uh, yeah, I have to say, of all the cities, I think Detroit so far, I mean, I'm a little biased because it was the last show we had, and it was a sellout, and, you know, it kind of... Ended on a high note, but uh, Detroit was, was awesome, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, I and mean, then, as, as far as, as far as the bar stories is concerned, <laughs> um, we uh, I mean, we season one in Sudbury was really fun because no one really knew who we were, so you know we could go out as a, as a team, saying team as a as a cast and crew and uh and you know kind of lean into them and, and have a good time without having too many eyes on us but you know to be perfectly honest there's not many bar stories because now that double-edged sword is when you go out to a bar there's a lot of cameras on you there's a lot yeah. of people who want to chat you up there's a lot of people who want
4: to say One hi million. and that's cool
1: but that kind of that doesn't that doesn't board very well with uh with getting into the jmos and uh Having, having a bunch of barley sandwiches, you don't want to be cross-eyed <laughs> in a photo when you're when you're going out for Disney shows later on in a month, you know. <laughs> okay,
0: quickly here before we get into this. Okay, is the Mighty Ducks a movie or a series? Daniel just correct TV me here. Series. TV series. Okay, yeah, Daniel's it's, right.
1: It, it's a it's a ten part TV series. Uh, it's going to be on Disney Plus. There has not yet been an official release date. Uh, I, again, COVID has put everything sort of up yeah. in the air in that sense. But, uh, but I can tell you what, I <laughs> Disney's very, very tight-lipped on a lot of stuff. And, and uh, I think it's because they, they put a lot of importance in their rollout schedule and, and their, their promotion and, yeah. and getting it at, at specific times. But, um, it's all the same. It's the same creators. It's all the same creative team. Um, Steve Brill comes back. Bombay coach Bombay is there. Lauren Graham from, um, uh, you know the Gilmore Girls, really, really talented cast of kids, uh, hilarious, like super fun to work with. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to see, but there was a there was a trailer. that had actually leaked from the uh, Disney Investor Day. It wasn't supposed to. We're all on set one day, and, and the kids are buzzing around looking at the trailer. They're like, look out. I mean, they're between 12 and 13, Literally, you know, so they're, they're, check it out, look at this. The trailer came out, it looked awesome, really looked great. And there's the producers like, where did you get that? And they're like, oh, it's on the internet. Haven't you seen it? So... It's, uh, it leaked, but they ended up actually not making us think about it. Uh, and my my best guess for that is because the trailer looks awesome. Yeah. I think it's really, really great. Mm-hmm. And it captures the tone, and, and I think it really hits on all the the the, the story points of, of what this next series is going to be like. And it's, you know, it's all the same elements of Mighty Ducks 1, 2, and 3 with uh, a lot of modern elements. Uh, having played hockey, it's at an academy yeah and they've really they've really explored that that side of it and uh I, I guess some of the absurdity that goes into some of these youth athletes you know at, at 12 years old i, I mean i, I was kind of right at the cusp of it but now hockey is a 12 months a year insane endeavor and and you get you know a lot of time and energy goes into these these kids into becoming whether it's pro athletes or, or or college athletes, and it you know it really explores that side of the game, which I thought was a, a really interesting and, and funny and heartfelt way to to bring the Mighty Ducks into the into you know the 2020.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I don't know how much you can you can tell or or you can tell. i might have to move on here, but you basically took Bombay's job. What's that feeling like?
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's a. Uh... It's funny again. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, oh, I got to tread lightly here. Yeah, yeah for I sure. Don't wanna, don't wanna, rough on any feathers over there at Disney. I think they got better paid, you know, more lawyers than I do. But uh, <laughs> I can, I can certainly say, you know, I, I've, I've come in. I'm now coaching the, uh, the, the academy version of the Mighty Ducks, and uh, as as the trailer sort of lets on, the Ducks have become a powerhouse organization. Uh, they're a little bit, they, they've kind of become cake eaters in a way. Whoa! And, uh, and, yeah, Bombay is back in a very similar, um, a very similar situation to what he was in. in DUI
0: again? D-1. Oh boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, I can't
0: say that. Okay okay, nice. okay. okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, we'll move, move on. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, let's say this. It's, it's absolutely worth watching the whole series on Disney Plus. How's that? I can't
0: <laughs> wait. I'm so pumped and I'm happy for you that you, you got that role. So I mean we're both happy. So uh Thanks. we'll we'll, we'll move away from that and go to the shallow end here for uh, we did shut down and yeah. you did shut down from Disney. So <laughs> the safer, safer conversation <laughs> is perfect. All right, okay, we gotta we gotta cover some golf here. We gotta ask I me, mean, we this is a golf podcast. that talks a lot of hockey, uh, you know, a lot of golf, a lot of sports and you now actors. So we ought to ask, how much are you golfing, or do you golf? Uh,
1: I got a little bit into, you know, um, uh, uh, Jeremy Taggart and Jonathan Torrens, who uh, Taggart is a drummer, drums for Our Lady Peace, and, and uh, John Torrens, uh, obviously a very, very talented Canadian uh, actor, writer, producer, director. He played uh, J-Rock in... Um, in the uh, trailer park boys and also Noah Dick and, and letter Kenny. So we came quite close to those guys the last couple of seasons. And the first sort of big tournament, uh, I did was a, a Memorial tournament with them a couple of years ago. And that was sort of my first real serious golf training that I'd played. And that was three summers ago. And since then, it's been a lot of pitching putt, a little bit of a mini golf, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of the designated driver. Uh, I'm still yeah. like whole three or four and then the designated drinker. <laughs> yeah. uh, ne- ne- never been much of a, of a golfer. real bad ADD as a kid. I, I remember getting invited out on a buddy's birthday to go golfing at, at thirteen. I, I think I ended up chasing frogs around the pond literally the entire day. <laughs> so my, my golf skills are are right there next to my my goal scoring abilities i'll be perfectly honest with you but that's not to say i'm going to say no to a a day on the length of the boys but i think that's the point of it you know best ball is my game and i lose my ball after the first half so
2: (laughs) yeah it's you're pretty much explaining my golf game um (laughs) so
0: (laughs) no Dan's a player he just brings more beers and golf balls. yeah
2: that's what i do i just bring the beers and
1: yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm like I'm a dressing room guy at the golf course, you know. I'll, exactly. I'll yeah. bring the tunes. I'll bring the jokes. I'll I'll bring the beers, and and you know, don't ask me to keep score because I've already forgotten. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, yeah, Dylan, where are you living now days, and any other movies or special events that you're attending in the new year besides the Mighty Ducks and Leonard Kenny? Uh
1: yeah, I'm living in Vancouver now. Um, been out here for. Yes, yeah, since geez, 2011, I guess. Uh, spent spent some time in, in Los Angeles. I mean, you kind of have to go back and forth in today's day and age with, with film and TV being as spread out as it is. Um, but most of my stuff has been filmed in either Vancouver or Sudbury. Uh, so, Vancouver's home. I got my, my fiance and I live out here. We got a production company. We do uh, uh, commercials and. TV series and documentaries called Media Button, so we bought that from her parents two years ago, so when I'm not acting, I'm, I'm directing various projects with her doing that,
4: nice. Nice. and
1: uh, both yeah, both my brothers moved out here, so my brother Austin is uh, a costume designer, he got his scholarship from the Western League and went to uh, fashion school, and he's getting into acting now as well. And my middle brother, Jackson, actually just had a kid with his fiance. Callahan is uh, going to be one next month. So brand new little baby. And he's a producer, programmer at EA Sports for the NHL series. So, oh,
0: wow. Nice. Yeah,
1: still very very close with hockey. So, yeah, Vancouver is fantastic. I, I really love the city. This is home now, absolutely. And as far as what what's coming up, um, did a, a film called Odd Man Rush in new york right State i saw that yeah so that's that's out now um you can get that it's on youtube i believe it's on uh, the itunes store and uh uh we got uh because of COVID again they've backed up two seasons worth of letter so hopefully come may the game plan is to go out and what we usually do is we'll shoot six episodes and then go into hiatus for two months and then come back and shoot another uh six. But this year with the sort of extraordinary circumstances, I think we're gonna go and, and shoot um, hopefully fourteen in a row in May. But that's nice. all depending on that's all depending on, on COVID capacity, if we can make that work then we're gonna go go do that. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to in the new year. And then the live tour was not uh, cancelled, it was postponed. So as soon as as soon as we get the green flag we're uh we're back on tour finishing up uh all the all the cities that have been put on hold until until we're 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 good to good to go
0: awesome so, man we got a
1: big 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 year ahead of us uh if, if things go as planned mm-hmm.
0: that's awesome man good to hear okay we're going now to our uh our segment called questions from the gallery sponsored by divots indoor golf well, and clearly today we're not inside Divots Indoor Golf. We wanted some of the best audio for this podcast, so I uh, usually do our intros uh, and podcasts in inside a golf indoor facility, Dylan. But we all know golf outdoors is still always is still a ways away. So, what better way to keep your game up to par than heading on down to Divots Indoor Golf? They have seven great simulators, great food, people, and unreal atmosphere. So, come on down today and play at Divots, located on Rochdale Boulevard, in Regina, Saskatchewan. All right, Dylan. Yeah, after it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we actually have a double header today, so we have another we have another interview tonight. So, uh, we're grinding. It. We're <laughs> grinding. Okay, so we are get right to it here. Um, the a lot of people want to know this question and they want some more details. I know you told it a few weeks back, but uh, if you want to tell the fairy story, people had a lot of questions about that, and then there's also some further questions on that they didn't get details on spit and chiclets. So, uh, if you want to start us off with the fairy story, and we'll uh, we'll ask the other questions after.
1: The very story. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you the uh, the, the clip note version of it. Um. So, I was drinking kombucha, lots of it, too much of it. Did not know that kombucha is in fact a laxative. Well, can can act as a laxative. It's a probiotic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you drink I didn't six know that. Of them
1: at once. Yeah, I didn't know that either. My
0: gal told me that. I'm like, are you stupid? Sorry, go on.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I, <laughs> I, found that, I found it out in a very clear, clear sense the next morning. <laughs> so, drink six kombucha. Next day, we're, uh, we're going out to my buddy's cabin on Cetus on Island. And we're, we're on the ferry. And what I commit to as a fart, believe it to be a fart... <laughs> lean into a fart, because, you know, we've all had a fart before. We know what it is. got to trust sometimes, sneaky, yeah. This slimy bastard. I tell you what, it was very, very incognito, and it was an entire dump. A whole, like, like, like I said on Fit <laughs> and Jiggly, you know, by the time the fart was done, I didn't even need to go to the bathroom. I just needed to clean up. Like, it was <laughs> finished. It was over. It was done. Like, I, I just needed to fire out my, my underwear, so... Uh, I I told the boys, I'm like guys you're gonna have to you're gonna have to hang tight. I I gotta I gotta take care of this. This is uh this is a now situation, not a later situation. So I <laughs> I stick my hands down my pockets and grab the edge of my boxers, creating a tight seal <laughs> around my thighs so as to not ruin my shoes. And that's a worry at this point. Oh, it's a, I mean, that's the worry. I don't, I don't. know how viscous it is. I don't know how much time I got between, you know, the fabric leaking through to the jeans. Like it, it's. It's really. A, it's a race against time at this point, and the clock's ticking. And uh, I'm at a disadvantage. I got to go down two flights of stairs. So you know, we we gotta get we gotta get rolling. So I'm buzzing, as you know. I should say waddling. I'm waddling, and it's an early morning ferry. So there's not a lot of people on on the ferry. Uh, but for some reason, only only God knows why, there's an older woman in a deep slumber, and I, you know, walk by her, and I go into the uh, into the family restroom, where I uh, I swiftly make the discovery of, uh, of of two two fellows enjoying their morning thoroughly uh making making love to each other quite loudly, uh quite quite obviously. I'm I'm standing in the stall long enough to know this is this is exactly what I think it is. There's no if, ands or buts about it. You can't mistake the noises coming from the stall. So you know, I, I make the entire decision, I'm like either I'm gonna stand here, clean this up and these guys are gonna come out to to me, you know, naked from the Donald in it throwing my my ginch out or I bite the bullet there's no one else really around to smell it I'll just you know I'll hover over the seat until these these guys finish up I mean it, I don't know how long they're gonna be but it, 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 it's it's pre 9am like they haven't even had their breakfast their coffee no Bar so Sandys like, yet yeah like like this is this is aggressive I'm like I, I'm, I'm half pissed half impressed you know like they're getting after I, I guess I better get, give them their give them their lane so so I waddle out and I'm, I'm hovering over the bench, far enough back from this woman that I'm, I'm hoping she can't smell what I've, what I've done, the shame in my shorts, <laughs> and I smell the very distinct scent of another person. So like you, you know, I'm like, like you, you know your own brew, and oh, yeah. you know, like. The, the significant scent of someone else's and yeah. then like there's a difference and it's not
0: part. that bad when it's oh. yours but when someone else's yeah, it's, not, it's, like, oh.
1: it's, it's not that bad when it's yours and it's an entirely different smell when it's like a, like, a part sh- shit. like a bullshit shit not different <laughs> it's just a different it, it, it has a weight in the air and the weight in the air comes across the bench and hits me in the face with an unmistakable alternate odor a second you know like player two has arrived and this woman wakes up from what has to be a nightmare and the look on her face tells me i mean hey maybe she was having a great a great (laughs) dream maybe she was having you know you know one of those like after after thanksgiving movements where you're like this is what i needed uh but she looks at me with a look of just shock and awe and i'm pretty convinced that she's also just shit herself (laughs) because she begins to do the same maneuver with her hands and her shorts that I had just done so I'm like "Ah, I know the play I see where you are I've been there too now I have to make the decision and this is where things get really you know hypercritical time slows down a little bit I sort of start doing the rain man of like how do I play this because I can either you know be the good guy I want to be and go hey lady listen I know it's crazy. <laughs> you just shit yourself and it's a lot to handle, but I shit myself too. And don't ask questions because we don't have much time to explain cuz you're going to go into the bathroom that I just I just went into cuz of course you would. Why wouldn't you? It's the it's the rational thing to do. But you're going to go in there and discover something that I've already found out. And that is two guys are having a loud sex in that bathroom. Now, am I going to go out on a limb and and hope that that's less scarring than her just finding out on herself on her own or do i you know let the cards fall where they may <laughs> and i decide to to let her make the discovery on her own because had i woken up to her yelling at me that information i don't know if i would have <laughs> you know handled it
0: no chance at well. yeah
1: yeah i, I might have <laughs> you talking about again. who knows so she waddles in and uh sure enough waddles back out don't think she had enough time to to, to clean herself, and uh, she she takes the high road and goes looking for an alternate bathroom. But I kind of got I, I want to see how this plays out. Like I, I want to see who who the, the the third player is, the, the third and fourth <laughs> golfers are. And, and sure enough, these guys these guys come out of there and they're happy. much more they're they're in much more you know high, higher spirits than than myself or. Or the the sweet woman waddling around looking for a bathroom was, and uh, we give a nod and they kind of this look comes across their face of like oh my god who shit Someone's shit out here, like <laughs> <laughs> two people shit out here, yeah. and uh, so so I politely you know let them go their way and I and I you know rock up into the washroom and tie off my underwear and throw them out. Took me about I think a lot of people are interested in the cleanup process Well... <laughs> I locked the door like a human being, uh, like a normal person would. Jen. Carried on with the, uh, with the cleansing of, of my shorts and, and a couple Hail Marys, uh, <laughs> asking forgiveness for what I've done. And uh, rocked back upstairs a, a lot later than I think the boys expected. And, and uh, you know, the, it, it's a punchline, but it's also a very true statement. Mike asked me, that, my roommate at the time, he goes, where the hell have you been? And it's been like forty-five minutes, and I just honestly looked him in the eye and said, "Mike, I don't think you're gonna believe the shit that I just learned." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was the night I or the morning I should say I learned that kombucha is a very effective
2: of uh, Dude, that is <laughs> unreal. Well, maybe the old lady was uh, slamming back kombucha too. Nash. You know, <laughs> Bad nightmare. I, I
1: wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, hey, in HBC. We're, we're we're very into the organic living out here. So <laughs> my best guess is you're absolutely correct. He's probably packing kombucha
0: too. Work hard, play hard. Okay, so yeah. here are the two questions, and I think you answer, That was maybe thorough, thorough than uh, the chicklets. But this guy wants to know: did did the guys know that you were in the bathroom? You
1: know, I I don't know they might've smelt me, but it, it <laughs> seemed a lot like they were in a very, uh, preoccupied state and I didn't stick around. It was kind of one of those like, you know, you know, when you, uh, you walk into a bathroom or you knock on a bathroom and no one says anything and then you knock again and then they go, yeah, yeah. It's like, they don't want, there's a, there's a level of fear that comes about <laughs> when someone's coming into the bathroom that you're already using. And, uh, I think these guys might have been the kind of, of folks to, uh, to, like, had I knocked, I don't think they would have said anything. So I didn't really want to have my presence known, and I don't think they wanted me to make my presence known. So I pretty quickly slipped out the same way I came in.
0: Well, I'm yeah. a psycho. I just opened the door and went to the washroom. I mean, I'm just, yeah, you have to go, you have to go. But uh, that's a different
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, and, I'm, and I'm of the school of thought that, like, if you knock, you say, yeah give me a minute or yeah occupied i mean a a special kind of psychopath yeah knock and goes quiet like what what are you hiding in there do you want me to start trying to open it because if you don't answer that's the next step i'm gonna start jiggling this door handle and asking for a key so to those of you out there you you silent knockers you hear the knock and and pipe down and put your head between your legs like come on do us do us a favor and Give us a yup or a one moment because, <laughs> by God, it makes it easier for everyone.
0: Okay, so I think you also answered the next part of this question. This guy, they, These are multiple questions of the same people, but also, why didn't you talk to the lady who also crapped her pants? And I think you kind of mentioned that you were more more shocked or more fear of finding out if. What? Yeah,
1: I, 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 just, I mean, I don't talk to strangers on a good day, let alone <laughs> someone who's just shit their pants. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and with the information that I just have, to... I mean, It took a it was years before I decided to bring the story public, and now (laughs) the whole world knows. So, I mean, for me, it's like, it's a lot of information for a perfect stranger on a 9 a.m. ferry. Exactly. You know, (laughs) hi, you shit, I shit too. Here's the craziest part those guys are having sex. (laughs) All the four fucking coffee boys. What a morning, eh? Wild. I'm Dylan, by the way. Nice to meet you. Oh, she's gone.
0: they were buzzing what a morning okay yeah. let's move away from this story that's unbelievable i'm sorry that you, you have to go through that but it makes for a great story
1: no 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 it's uh hey it's uh, uh tragedy is the best uh
0: you know i I'm actually have a, I, I have a similar story dylan but i'm not telling this until hopefully <laughs> i did famous because i i i it, it would ruin me so uh um, it, it, it takes
1: it takes years of therapy to get to a place <laughs> you can laugh and stuff like that man that was a, a dark day that turned into a uh, a, a bright morning, but fuck, that was a long night. Boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> even my best pal here, Dan, like, he doesn't even know. when I, 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 I yeah, it, it'll take ten years for sure.
1: <laughs> well, well, we'll circle back in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, okay.
0: Brett Holloway wants to know what's a funny story from being around Jim Playfair and NHL players.
1: Uh jeez. Uh, well, <laughs> Where do I
0: begin? Uh,
1: yeah, I was playing. Um, I was trying out for the Dawson Creek Rage, the North American Hockey League and my dad gave me a call and uh he goes well i kind just kind of started, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have have seen um but he called me he goes hey turn on tsn i want to show you something so i'm in my hotel room i click on tsn and there's jimmy <laughs> busting twig like they're going out of style uh coaching the adversary. heat so i mean that, that was that was pretty funny and uh i, I mean I've had people ask since then, you know, how is how is it growing up with with your dad, you know, with, with, with a temper like that? And I always say, you know, he was in fantastic the fantastic dad, great dude, love him to death. But uh, you know, as he broke those twigs, you can see he's got he's got an ability to to go ballistic a little bit. <laughs> and uh, when we were, I was I would have been about fourteen. My brother Jackson was twelve, and um, my dad had some stalls. Like uh, equipment stalls from from the old Calgary rink that he had uh, nice. that he had brought into our to our uh, garage to dry our gear. So we come home and and the the one sort of agreement with that was you gotta you gotta hang your gear up at the end of every practice or game and and dry it out so it doesn't you know get nasty. And Jackson and I had both come back from practice and not done that, so he comes back after probably a road trip where the boys didn't do well. He's well heated up already and sees all of our hockey years spread across the driveway and he can't pull his truck in and he, uh, his wire is crossed and he goes in and he had this old stereo up on one of the stalls and he snaps and he fires it across the room and, <laughs> and it breaks and I'm kind of like, whoa! And my pro-heel brother just stands there and he looks at him and he looks at the stereo and he looks at him and he goes, well... You bought it. <laughs> None my problem. <laughs> and he walks back inside, and you can see the gears turning in his head because he kind of I think he realized like how you know nuts it was and how funny Jackson Jackson was. And he's like, yeah, I, I guess you're right. <laughs> he walked into the house, and so uh, that was that was sort of the vibe that we had in our household. It was uh, it was never anything to be afraid of. It was kind of something that you know we always kind of. That was pretty funny. His his passion. So yeah, that that was was a pretty funny moment in time. And when Jack was like, "Well, you bought it. I don't give a fuck. You can break the stairs you want. I'm not paying
2: for him. I'm 12. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, I got one for you here. Who is the funniest actor from Leonard Kenny? Like outside the show. Uh,
1: geez, I think it's probably a hard between the. Two, I mean, we got two stand-up comics on the show. So, K. Trevor Wilson, who plays Squirrely Dan, yeah. and uh, uh, Mark Forward. Like, So, Andrew and I have a lot of scenes with Mark, uh, the coach, and this season especially... That was, guy's a
0: psycho. Oh, Sorry. That guy's, like, ultimately like 1975
1: coach. Fucking pussy! Yeah. Let's go! <laughs> he he <laughs> is, like, 110% like, the epitome of, like, you know... Tough hockey, early 70s, psychopath coach. But uh, he's so funny, man, like, so funny. I mean, I, I, I've honestly had, like, many chats myself where myself from, like, okay, Dylan, this is where you have to earn your paycheck. You can't laugh. Like, it's, it's, it's beyond the point of, like, jokes now. Like, if you can't keep your face straight for this scene. Like you're not doing your job right because man, this guy like and he takes pride in it too. Like he loves breaking you during a scene and all that shit. Like the latest season is a like we ended up playing on on the beer league team with Coach and he tells us stories about him hooking up with his wife Barb in various places around the country <laughs> and he would make changes every to every story to like to catch us off guard and oh my god, you guys like my cheeks. Talking <laughs> cake at the end of those days like he is so funny and uh you know just his mannerisms like he's a very very funny comic and, and he he knows how to crack uh Percy and i so it's uh it's a challenge but it's uh it's a well worth a challenge acting with mark Ford. that's for sure so shout out to
0: mark <laughs> okay long time listener jeremy hanley uh i think his instagram handles rv3bomb sorry if i'm wrong. Anyhow. Uh, have you or the cast ever visited Towel, Listowel, or ever been there? Listowel. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, we've <laughs> been to. No, no, you're all right.
1: It's, uh, I, I only, I only know it because it's Keith's uh, hometown. So, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Essentially, the inspiration for Letterkenny on the whole comes from Listowel, and uh, uh, yeah, I've I've been. I actually played a show there with um, with Nate Dales. Uh, in the early days, of Letterkenny, Kenny Dalesy and I would go and do little stand-up sets for uh, you know like various bars and fairs and, and small town communities in southern Ontario and, and Alberta and stuff like that. So, yeah, we've uh, we've been to Listowel, uh, Dalesy and I, and uh, Kiso knows it very well. He, he grew up there.
0: Okay, here's another one for you, down here. Okay, so what is it like filming film in a TV show or a movie? And to further that question, how many takes does it take? Because, I mean, like, I think I would be a great actor, but I would be just, because we do a lot of content here, it takes me five to ten tries to get one good.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it all really depends on, on kind of which show you're on, which, like, a, a film, for instance, can take. Like, when I did The was a musical, so we spent two months learning... The dance moves and that part of rehearsal took a long time. And then the actual dialogue itself, you only shoot like five or ten lines a day. And then the, the dance numbers would take, you know, a week to film. So you rehearse for two months and then you film for a month. Um, and by the time you get on, on I mean, the, the days honestly, can go anywhere from if you have one or two scenes you'll be in and out in eight hours if you're in all the scenes on the day like i've shot many 18 hour days as an actor where you're standing on set for 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 18 hours you know 18 19 hours the thing about a a show and a movie is you you don't there's no like uh okay we'll push it to next week like you only have that block of time to shoot the series or shoot the movie and then you got a schedule to maintain so if you if you don't get your scenes or your shots, you you're not doing it tomorrow. You stay till you get it. So sometimes crew like I, I've seen camera departments work twenty three hour days, um, and and that's just sort of par for the course. But with Letterkenny, uh, because we're so like we've been doing it for you know nine seasons now, and the dialogue is so fast, like we'll shoot eight hours. Easily and we'll shoot you know 20 pages of dialogue in eight hours, but that's because it's so fast and uh, It'll take on average I'd say three to four takes when we first started it was more like 10 to 12 um, But Shit. a big reason for that for that speed is because like we'll, we'll run the lines at night so, like Andrew and I will get together and we'll rehearse for six or seven hours the night before and then when we get on set, we can make that day go really quickly. Like, it only takes long if, if the actors are forgetting lines or if, if the lighting's not right or if the camera operator, like, yeah. Yeah. loses focus. Like, it's crazy. Once you start acting, you realize how many moving parts there are. Like, you can do a scene and you crush it. Like, you get your words right. You get the jokes right. Everything works perfectly. But then they're like, oh, sorry, fucking crow flew through the back of the frame, <laughs> you know? Like, literally, we've had... Because in, in, in February, we have... A, there's a big Mennonite community. So several times we've been filming in a horse-drawn carriage with a family of Mennonites who roasted the back. And <laughs> click, 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 click. And you're like, okay, stop. Gotta go again. Or, you know, pull and focus. Gotta make sure that people are... In. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, it really it really depends on, on which set you're on. And, yeah, Letterkenny is really quick. Generally, movies... Uh, take a lot longer
0: okay a couple more here for you Dylan obviously you have some business through today so we won't keep it too long but uh, are you still playing rec hockey
1: I uh, still love playing hockey uh, again COVID put the kibosh on yeah. that uh, I was playing obviously with the Trappers the, the boys from Letterkenny had a had a team here in Vancouver um, after Letterkenny got picked up Jared moved out, out east because the, the production obviously takes place in Sudbury and uh, he he got married, and, and his um, his wife is, is from Montreal, so that's home for him now. And uh, that was sort of, you know, the, the team disbanded as, as people started to move around. But I had gotten on a team here in, uh, in Vancouver with my good buddy Rob Van Pogist, and we were playing, we got about three games into the season, and then COVID, uh, COVID shut that down, and I, just, I got picked up on, on Mighty Ducks, so I didn't want to be, you know, going to a...
0: a tough team to say no to.
1: Room ...full of a bunch of breathing meatheads and then <laughs> get anyone sick on Mighty Ducks. It would have been catastrophic.
0: <laughs> okay, last question. Wait, oh, next sorry. Oh, you're good. Oh, actually, you're no, that was a two-part question there. That first one that I was playing rec hockey still, second one was uh favorite tape job.
1: Favorite day job. Uh you know, You're i full sock I guy. Really li- you know, I, <laughs> I I like the I like a little bit of cushion on my blade. Uh I was notorious for having pucks bounce off my blade, so um <laughs> I'll do like the 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 double fold type deal. Uh start I start at the heel. I think anyone who starts at the toe is a psychopath. I don't know anyone who does <laughs> it, but if you do it, uh seat counseling. Yeah, pedicanes sucks. Um, yeah, yeah, patty can't figure it out. He's <laughs> better at hockey. Be a bum. Uh, uh, my my brother actually, Austin. He's a he's a tape artist. He's, he's got all sorts of different newfangled designs. But I was big for the one strip on the bottom, and then uh, you, you sort of roll over each strip twice, and that gives you a nice little cushion uh, all the way to the toe. Uh, not like not all the way covered and then I don't use scissors or anything I just go to the toe and then you know curl off the top of the toe and then like as much wax as legally possible <laughs> so as to maintain the illusion of, of puck handling abilities.
0: I love it okay last one here for you and like this is uh, I don't know if you're using the same product uh, Chaz Michael Michael was using in uh, Blades of Glory but people want to know how do you keep that hair intact that nice luscious flow
1: so oh Love, love the question. Now we're now we're in my comfort zone, boys. <laughs> uh, it's all in the diet, Little omega-369, uh, high-protein diet. You want to finish your showers off with a cold blast. Right. Uh, oh, too many people overwash the flow. You know, you want to have that, that natural oil. Yeah. But the natural oil doesn't come from degenerate Doritos and fucking... <laughs> <and> <laughs> You know, fast food. you got to have that clean diet because you are what you eat. And uh, your hair is just the recycled cell. So you gotta, you got to keep those greens up. you got to keep that protein intake. And uh, a big believer of finishing every shower with a cold rinse, two or three minutes of, of cold, cold water. And uh, n- next time you're having a shower, you, you feel it. You go from hot to cold. You feel the consistency of that flow. Gets more, gets a little more body, tightens up the pores, and uh, you're gonna have grassy flow for days. <laughs> Love it.
0: Hey, quickly, so are nice. are you? Uh, like, how much are you eating fast food?
1: Oh, uh, rarely if ever. I'm a big Tim Hortons guy, but uh, my fiance is vegetarian, so uh, I get you know my my uh, when I do have have steak or. Or, uh, eat outside or, or whatever it is <laughs> it, it's got to be it's got to be premium so if, if I'm if I'm hitting up the fast food joints I'm usually crushing a Beyond Burger or some uh, I, I like to do my own sort of hybrid sando at, at Tim Hortons I'll get like a, a breakfast sandwich with uh, with no cheese extra butter two hash browns fire the hash browns inside make sure they wow. give you the ketchup because they won't they won't unless <laughs> you ask Great. which is grease, so acid <laughs> ketchup, and uh, fire, fire those hash browns in between the, uh, the breakfast sando with an egg patty, and you're looking at like a pretty premium sandwich setup from Tim Hortons, but it's a bit of a process. And a hefty have. bill. Well, you know, <laughs> I, it, it's funny, like it sounds like it'd be a lot, but it's really just a, uh, like a, a breakfast bagel with a, uh, a hash brown. I guess but you can't the
0: cheese, carry the one. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Yeah.
1: And I mean, you, you need you need to have like someone on the other end who's paying close attention. <laughs> yeah. it's, like it's it's easy to. Oh, uh, uh, did I lose you guys here? Can you hear me now? No, mm-hmm. we're good. Yeah. Yeah. It it it's easy to get lost in translation with a with the specific order like that. It, it's almost worth it to uh, to park and go in if you're gonna if you're gonna order a concoction of that complexity from the fine folks. Who-
0: Wow, man, that's unreal, Cable. Okay, well, first off, Dylan, thanks so much for coming on today, man. We we had so much fun. We hope we can do this again. Hopefully, you can uh you know visit Regina Sashi this summer. uh If not, we'll uh, we'll come to BC and we'll hang out and we'll figure it out. wax and, balls
1: on that golf course you guys were talking about when uh when, when COVID gets cleared up. That sounds fantastic. Boys, I had a blast doing this. Thanks for uh, reaching out. And uh yeah, like you said, let's do it again sometime. Sometime. That was uh that was too much fun. Really <laughs> enjoyed it. No,
4: All right, man. Fun.
3: Take care. Good luck. Cheers, Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill.
0: Alrighty, there it is, episode fifty-four with Letter Kenny Star, Canadian actor, Mighty Ducks, Mr. Mighty Duck himself, no longer Emilio Estevez, Emilio,
2: uh, Gordy House son,
0: Gordy House son, Dylan Playfair. There is a recap. Heggs, we we'll go right to you. Obviously, you're on that one. Uh, thoughts?
2: Yeah, that was an awesome interview. Um, it was pretty cool to hear about how how he was pretty much playing Jungle B, kind of like us. Went to Junior A for a year, then uh, got into acting. That was pretty sweet and. If anyone wants to get into acting, I mean, didn't seem like it was that hard. But hey, just dedicate <laughs> yourself, <laughs> and just
0: have a terrible, terrible, shitty story to help it uh, help along the way. That story was unbelievable because um, I thought he would have known that kombucha, if you drink too much of it in a row, can turn to a uh, laxative. I and have to
3: ask: Is it kombucha, or are you guys meaning to say zambuka? He said kombucha. I think he meant Zambuca. Yeah, I don't know. One of those pants. things. One of those not kombucha, because I actually I was like. What the hell's kombucha? Is this some kind of, like, African wine or something? No, it's Zambuca.
2: Well, you, well, you should ask him, because he said kombucha. I think he said kombucha, yeah, and... Um, I mean, either way, a glass of milk? <laughs> I'd be shitting all night. Oh.
0: <laughs> you know, you're asking... <laughs> 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 you
4: can see oh, Yeah.
0: yeah, uh, a lot of fun with that one. He and, he and he also, too, just a stand-up guy. You know, yeah, he's, he's, like, one he of the boys, up. and then he's, like... You know, like, uh, if I have 30 seconds to talk to someone to change their life kind of thing, like, he appreciates... <laughs> What everyone does for him so
3: yeah it's amazing how some people with fame and notoriety can actually be that bold and upfront and say look if i can change somebody's life within 30 seconds of signing an autograph talking to them how was your day yet there's so many people out there yeah. that are popular and have money and just don't care for yeah. joe smith it's like screw it yeah pay me see you later
2: yeah no so, he's a great guy
3: yeah, it was a lot of fun. If we ever get that big, Drew, just remember where our roots are.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah, no, a lot of fun with um, that one, but I guess we'll go, I guess we'll try and we'll rip off some handles. I'm just going
3: to shoot off our handles real quick here and a quick plug again. So if uh, if you don't know already, Facebook's Off The hazel. Find us on there, shoot us a message, uh, share us, like us, comment. Twitter, at underscore Off The hazel. Instagram, at underscore Off The hazel. And uh, by judging by the preview of Dylan Playfair, the launching of Cody Fajardo last week, all three social media accounts were hopping. My phone couldn't keep up. So uh, obviously we're doing something good here. If we're not, let us know. Uh, Tell your friends. Give us a follow. Come join the good times with Off the Hazel. And uh, yeah, again, we're just uh, doing this podcast live from Divots Indoor Golf on 6823 Rochdale Boulevard. 306-206-1270 306-206-1270 www.divotsgolf.com And as Dan the man always says, play divots, don't make them.
0: Wow, yeah. that was a lot of, that was, that was good. Perfect. A lot of ads, a lot of good talking. Good job, Troy. Yeah, as Troy said, stay tuned for uh, who knows, could be a contest, whatever. Uh, hope again, thanks for listening to the show this week. Next week, Adam Hadwin, born in Mooshja, raised in British Columbia. Don't miss it. Great episode. Uh, Dan, always a pleasure, buddy.
2: Always a pleasure, boys. And uh, before I leave, go Leafs go games tonight. Let's go.
0: See you, Dan. Troy, and always. It's always a pleasure with you. I love you, brother. Love you too, bro. See you on the Xbox. You betcha. Subscribe, like, retweet. See you guys. Have a great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. See ya. Peace.